Good morning, good day, or good evening. My name is Eli Rowe, and this is the Middle-Aged Witch Podcast. Happy Leo season, witches. I thought we'd never make it. That last week of cancer season had me very, very nervous. There were lots of big emotions, but here we are. We're in Leo season. It's a new moon tonight, and it's all good. Um, Today, we're going to spend some time talking about Lunasa, or Lamas, which is the first of the three pagan harvest festivals and which takes place this Monday, August 1st. But first, we're going to start this episode with an email. Hey, Eli, it blessed me so much when you called us a little coven in a recent podcast. It can be a lonely path for solitaries, especially in Bible Belt areas. When disassociating myself from the long-term bondage that had been my prior religious practice for 35-plus years, it took me a minute to realize some of my spiritual awakening depression stemmed from the loss of all my old daily rituals. Yes, you know that's what they are, and I had nothing to fill that void. I had to create my daily practice. It was not an instant epiphany to me that as a Christian I was lazy. I knew I needed something practical with worshipy vibes, but not pushy, and truly the goddess provided. I suspect there are multiplied multitudes of me's out there dealing with the same feelings of loss and loneliness. In the spirit of sisterhood, here's a little set of small devotional type books that I try to read from several times a week. Not expensive, and I do always try to buy used copies. If I had to choose just one to keep, it would be Practicing the Presence of the Goddess. The title will be deja vu to many, but trust me, it is so meaty. I haven't even finished it and I'm already rereading parts of it. I will be writing in this copy so I can pass it down to future generations with my notes. That's how good it is. I'm also writing in my copy of Nine Ways to Charm a Dryad. I think I'll go ahead and bless it and dedicate it to that end also. Very, very practical, very down-to-earth, very goddess-centric, which vibes perfectly with my own practice not a Wicca manual, and not following any particular dogma. Five stars, highly recommend, Rose. So Rose actually sent a picture of all the books that she's recommending, and the titles are Practicing the Presence of the Goddess by Barbara Ardinger, Nine Ways to Charm a Dryad by Penny Billinger, 420 Meditations by Connor Carey, How to Be More Tree by Potter Gift, and The Daily Spell Journal by Patty Wigington. And I will list all these books in the show notes for the several of us who are definitely going to be interested. In fact, I already ordered two of the books she recommended. You know, even though I have a deal with myself that I'm only allowed to buy one book at a time, but I got around this rule by convincing myself that because these are journals and therefore can't be read all at once like a regular book, they don't count. I therefore found my own argument compelling and allowed myself to get them both. And Rose is also correct that there are a lot of us out there who did and still do feel that lack of community, the lack of ritual, of daily practice that organized religion used to provide. I get messages like that all the time. Um, And this is one of the many reasons that I am working to create an online community for us all as witches, as a coven of you know, like-minded hellraisers who want to share book recommendations and talk about our practices and swap stories and spells and, you know, infused oil recipes. Um, There will be an announcement forthcoming with more information about what we've got planned, but it's still incubating for the time being. It won't be long, though. 
And then one more question before we start our discussion about Lunasa. Hey Eli, my question is similar to a witch who wrote in recently. However, I feel the need to ask your advice anyway. I work in a small medical office with several people who really connect and enjoy working together. A year ago, our provider decided to leave the current for-profit healthcare system we worked under and move whomever wished to go with him to a different non-profit healthcare system and start a new practice. Of course, we all went. We were Uh, We moved into an older building that we basically had to start from scratch. We've been here a year now, and I can't begin to express the significant amount of issues we've had since beginning this practice. My coworkers and I have joked from the very beginning that the building or the land was cursed. None of us have experienced anything paranormal per se, but we have had power outages, phone and internet issues, pretty much anything that can go wrong with technology in our building, including all of our office equipment, has gone wrong. For a little while, we were having patients pass away frequently after having their first appointment in the new building. Our boss lost her mother and a few other people had misfortunes occur as well shortly after the practice opened. Call it coincidence, but I couldn't help but wonder if there was a connection between the two. I still feel with all my heart that something either doesn't want us there, the land is cursed, or we have personally been hexed in some way or another. Since it's a medical office, it's limiting as far as cleansing practices, and the majority of the staff are pretty hardcore Christian, so I'm not sure what to do and how to go about cleansing the space. We're adding a new provider next month along with making other changes to the practice, and I want to see us grow and flourish, but everyone has been so bogged down with the constant discouraging obstacles. Morale has plummeted. I know this is a lot of info. Any advice would be so welcome. Thank you. Ooh, dear. Where to begin? Um, well, it definitely seems like this is more than just a run of bad luck. Uh, tech and equipment issues are one thing, but for people to be falling ill and dying, that's another issue entirely, especially when this witch is saying she feels like something in that building wants them out. That's, you know, that's, that's how you kind of know. Um, and it seems, it feels like an angry, vengeful spirit or spirits to me. So, I just threw out a whole bunch of ideas um, for this gal so that she could take what she thinks might work and leave the rest. Um, Now, smoke cleansing is off the table unless she thinks she could use frankincense and myrrh, either the incense or the actual resins, because Christians tend to look a little more favorably on those as they were, you know, birthday gifts for the baby Jesus. But even if that's asking too much from her co-workers, Um, maybe a spray would be possible. I would still include powdered frankincense and myrrh, um, and also garlic, basil, maybe mugwort, definitely rosemary, pepper, nettle, salt, and witch hazel. And the next suggestion that I made was a little weird, but it is a very good idea when you're dealing with these especially nasty entities to add a small amount of your own urine to the mixture. Now, it doesn't need to be a lot, but it is incredibly effective for establishing your own dominance in a space. But, you know, that's a call she's going to have to make on her own. So um, whether she uses it or not, um, she needs to make a good strong tea with all of her ingredients. And I would make and use new moon water for this. And the next new moon is tonight, um, in fact. And then just pour it into a spray bottle once it's cool. 
And then she's got to spray the hell out of every nook and cranny from the back of the top floor to the front of the bottom floor, room to room, stairwells, closets, all the way out to the main front entrance of the building. And as you spray each room from the back to the front, as you go, sprinkle some powdered eggshells, also known as cascarilla, on the top of any window ledges and door frames. Um, I find that it's less likely to be disturbed than if you just sprinkle it on the window sills or along the floor in front of the doorways. And uh, eggshells are really good for helping uh, to make sure that nothing finds its way back in. And then another possibility is to enlist some house plants in this fight. You know, office plants are very, very common. They don't arouse suspicion amongst the muggles and they can be really good watchdogs. So, you know, I advised her to have a conversation with any plants in the building and ask them to be on the lookout for negative spirits or energies. And her part of the agreement would be then to give them some sort of, of some form of regular payment. Um, just watering them doesn't count. You've got to do that anyway. The payment needs to be special, like a really quality fertilizer once a month. And then make sure to take care of them properly so that they can do their part. And also, plants are a really good uh, canary in a coal mine, so to speak. Um, and this is a good just tip to know in witchcraft in general. If you're doing everything properly to care for your plants and they're in the correct conditions, but they seem to be struggling or they just start mysteriously dying, that can mean that you've got a nasty spirit in your building and you need to take care of your protective spiritual hygiene. That's what I mean by, you know, a canary in a coal mine. If you're doing everything right, um, but you notice that all of your plants are dying, that might be a clue. And another great thing about plants is that you can bury protective stones right in the soil, hidden from sight. Obsidian is a really good protective stone. Just put in a small chunk of obsidian for protection along with a little bit of quartz to amplify it, and that'll go a long way to help. Um, creating and laying sigils is another way to discourage reinfestation of your building. Um, so spend some time creating a good, strong sigil, charge it, draw it around the building wherever you discreetly can. Um, you can use, I've mentioned this a million times before, using Florida water um, or your homemade spray. Dip your fingertip in there and just draw it on the windows, exterior walls, draw it on the doors, draw it on the ground across the threshold of any exterior doors. Um, you can also draw this sigil with chalk onto the back of any hanging art in the building or on the bottom of any decorative statuary and even under doormats. And then lastly, depending on the cleaning schedule of your building, uh, you can discreetly sprinkle some protection floor sweep powder in each of the rooms that will be vacuumed or mopped up on the day that the cleaners are scheduled to come. And a little goes a long way. You don't want it to be too obvious, but a monthly sprinkling of protection powder that is quickly vacuumed away is going to help maintain the protective standards of your building. And use a good blend of protective herbs like hyjon root, uh, comfrey, basil, thyme, yarrow, black cohosh, blessed thistle, um, and pepper. Grind it into a fine powder and keep it in a spice bottle for easy and discreet sprinkling. This is really helpful. And you can buy powders like this if you prefer, but you can easily just grind your own. 
Um, And that's something to keep in mind for all of us. As witches, we spend a lot of time communing with the universe and with folks who have crossed over. And some of us are in touch with deities, spirit guides, ancestors, and we just generally exude and command a great deal of energy and all of this activity will attract all kinds of entities so it's important even if your home isn't haunted by the damned and your clients aren't dying to just maintain good spiritual hygiene so having a good protective cleansing floor sweep powder or wash on hand and ready to go whenever you need it is an excellent practice to keep So thank you for these questions. And as always, if there's something on your mind, please message me on socials at at middleagedwitch or just email me at eli at middleagedwitch.com. And now let's talk about Lunasa. Now, as I mentioned at the top, Lunasa, which is the grain harvest, is the first of the pagan harvest festivals. And the next two are Mabon, or the autumn equinox, which is the fruit harvest. And then closing out the harvest season is Samhain, which is the cattle harvest. The term Lamas is more widely used in Wicca and uh, neo-pagan circles, but I just generally prefer to use the Irish name of the festival, Lunasa. So they're basically interchangeable as terms, but they are referring to the same Sabbath. Lunasa is named for the Irish god Lu, who is associated with sorcery, history, poets, and carpenters. And according to legend, Lu began the festival as a funerary feast and athletic competition in honor of his mother, who is said to have died of exhaustion after clearing the Irish plains to allow for agriculture. It's kind of why I like the term Lunasa. It's in tribute. It's in honor of Lu. Now, historic writings tell us that folks from all over Ireland would meet at what is now County Meath to participate in the festivities, and kings would agree to a truce, disagreements would be paused for the duration of the games, and, you know, they would do like sporting contests, like horse racing, Um, all that would be intermingled with, you know, markets, music, storytelling, feasts, um, the settling of legal disputes and matchmaking. And of this matchmaking, we know that trial marriages were frequently entered into during this festival, and these marriages would last one year and one day, after which the marriages could either be made permanent or completely dissolved with no further consequences. Now, in 1962, a book called The Festival of Lunasa by a folklorist called Mayor McNeil was published, and Ms. McNeil summed up the festival as follows. A solemn cutting of the first of the corn, of which an offering would be made to the deity by bringing it up to a high place and burying it. A meal of the new food and of bilberries, of which everyone must partake. A sacrifice of a sacred bull, a feast of its flesh, with some ceremony involving its hide and its replacement by a young bull. A ritual dance play, perhaps telling of a struggle for a goddess and a ritual fight an installation of a carved stone head on top of the hill and a triumphing over it by an actor impersonating Lou. Another play representing the confinement of Lou by the monster blight or famine. A three-day celebration presided over by the brilliant young god Lou or his human representative. Finally, a ceremony indicating that the interregnum was over and the chief god in his right place again. Now, as Lunasa is a grain festival, traditionally it was marked by the baking of breads, cakes, 
and the making of corn dollies. And these are among the traditions that are still observed to this day. Um, also, decorating the altar in observance of this festival can be done easily. Um, you could addition, the addition of apples, um, birch or holly branches, or stalks of grain. Um, candles of yellow and gold are an excellent addition, as well as offerings of beer or ale and cakes or bread. Um, as far as crystals or stones go, obsidian, sapphire, and topaz are stones associated with this Sabbath and would therefore be right at home on a Lunasset altar. And if your own town does not have a Lunasa festival, as mine certainly doesn't, we can still observe the spirit of the Sabbath by visiting farmer's markets and enjoying the bounty of local harvests, or we might attend a beer festival or a music festival. You know, we can't faithfully recreate all the traditions of the distant past, but we can certainly find echoes of them in our own local communities, and we can figure out how to blend them into our celebrations. And as the summer harvest continues and gives way to autumn, we can continue to find events and activities in our towns, or at least relatively nearby, um, that we can choose to observe and participate in as a tribute to this, in my opinion, under-recognized Sabbath. It's not widely celebrated like some of the other days on the wheel of the year, but it just does mark the season so beautifully. And I think that in my household, we'll probably spend this weekend making jam. Um, we'll be grilling, we'll be harvesting from the garden, spending time with family while we do our damnedest to stay cool. And I think that's a fair homage to Lunasa. And I'd love to know how you're going to be observing this Sabbath. So as always, please send pictures of your Lunasa celebrations and enjoy the last days of summer before they slip away into fall. Have a lovely Sabbath. We'll talk next week. My name is Eli Rowe, and this has been the Middle-Aged Witch Podcast. content of this podcast is not a substitute for direct, personal, professional, mental, or medical health care and diagnosis. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only.